ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Paul Lauren. Z Stranger Album Wrap-Up with the stars Art Carney, Charles Nelson Riley, comedian Elon Altman, the cast of Rhoda, Shields and Yarnell, Dave Juska with the rankings, author Gore Vidal, and the music of Paul Lauren. 
And now, please welcome Elon, Dave, and Paul. Don't go changing Just to try to please me You never let me down before And don't imagine You're too familiar And I don't see you anymore Hello, everyone, and welcome to Not Just Another Album Wrap-Up Show, the album wrap-up show. In 1976, Billy Joel was a guy that had a few hits, and people may have known his name in the music business, probably as well as the Queen of England knew him as Billy Joel. Well, fast forward one year, and everyone was about to know him for the next 40 years. At the end of 1977, people were talking about six things. Star Wars, Woody Allen, Saturday Night Fever, A Chorus Line, Cheryl Ladd replacing Farrah Fawcett on Charlie's Angels, and Dave Juskow's Bar Mitzvah. Oh, and Billy Joel. Seven things. Seven things. <laughs> we all know a year before, Columbia was planning on dropping him. As we are all well aware, Turnstiles only made it to 122 on the Billboard charts. So Billy decided to get serious and get the great George Martin to produce the next album. But George hated Liberty DeVito. So Billy told him to fuck off and had a meeting with Phil Ramone. And that matchup provided to be the turning point in everyone's career. Phil and Billy would go on to produce six albums together, but none of that would have happened if the stranger hadn't been the staple in Billy Joel's career. Ironically, in 1993, I don't know whether you guys know this, George Martin wrote a letter to Billy telling him he was wrong about his band. What a dick. Putting out your career-turning album the year Saturday Night Fever came out was like putting an album out the year Thriller came out. It would have been very easy to get lost in the shuffle, but this album is all that and stands the test of time in a way I'm sure none of those involved thought it would. This is the most important part of our Billy Joel A to Z journey. 1977's The Stranger is the reason why Billy Joel hasn't played to anything but a sellout crowd at Madison Square Garden in seven years. He plays four out of the nine songs almost 50 years later every night in concert. And Alan and I were there in July when he played five off this one album. This album is listed easily in the top 100 albums of all time. In fact, Rolling Stone has it at number 67 on its list of the top 500 albums of all time. And how would it not be? It's unbelievably well-produced. The concept is incredible, and you leave the album humming most of the tunes. I suppose if Billy didn't go on to do Uptown Girl and we didn't start the fire, this album would have been considered up there as one of the most perfect albums, along with The Clash's London Calling, Steely Dan's Asia, Springsteen's Born to Run, The Rolling Stones' Exile on Main Street. All those bands, album to album, never changed their tune, so to speak. But hey, we're here 40 years later saying we're good with that. And we like that it wasn't 12 albums of all the same thing. 
We know Alan got involved with the Greatest Hits album while his dad would play it on car rides. We know Paul got into it when his mom turned him on to an innocent man. And we know I had to find it on my own because my house was all a chorus line 24-7. Point, of course, being the three of us and most of you listening didn't come in on The Stranger. We came in further down the line and went backwards, heard this and said, Jesus, what did I miss? I'm confused, Mom. The guy who wrote Christy Lee also wrote this Brenda and Eddie song to which Mrs. Lawrence said, Paul, bitches be crazy and they'll make you do things you never expected. <laughs> That's a exactly quote. The way she talks, right? You know? The Stranger album released four to five singles. We know none of the songs went to number one, but again, the Bee Gees were all that back then and had a hit movie to back them up. That's not a fair fight. It took just the way you are five months to get to number three and fighting not just Barry Maurice and Robin Gibb, but Andy Gibb as well. Perhaps that's why he uses the boxing gloves on the album because he knew it was going to be a fight. Moving Out did worse, and only The Good Die Young did even worse than that on the charts, and yet She's Always a Woman went to number 17. What does that tell us? It tells us that Phoebe Snow and Linda Ronstadt were right. His ballads were the key to his success. It would take a little bit longer for everyone to figure out he was so much more than that and yet really good at the ballads, too. The Stranger album spent 17 weeks on the charts, and by February 18, 1978, the word had gotten out and it peaked at number two and remained there for six weeks. It is a diamond certification as it has surpassed sales of 10 million units, diamond being the highest certification there is. Interestingly, The Stranger is only five notches down in diamond certification sales from Abbey Road and his heroes. Was it necessary to say all this information that's quite common knowledge at this point? Of course it is. We've got to put these episodes into context. We're not just talking about Billy Joel's album, The Stranger. We're talking about one of the greatest albums of all time. And that's just not us fan folks saying that. That's all the haters, too. They know it. This album is a miracle of existence, a concept album that's even a better concept album and concept. I wanted to see how many times I could use the word concept without doing the tongue twister. But then what he was trying to emulate, which is Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, which, by the way, The Stranger outsold by just a bit. So after a lengthy introduction to the podcast, let me bring in my fellow Joel heads. Of course, we have the Billy Joel A to Z co-host and comedian extraordinaire, Alan Altman. Hello, Alan. Hello, Dave. Good to be here on such a special day. Yes. And we are not worthy, but our friend who has put these album wrap-ups into a stratosphere we could not have imagined when we first started, musician Paul Lauren. Hi, fellas. How are you? Yes. And Paul was kind enough to start us off with moving out today. So let's take a look at the rest of the legendary songs we'll be discussing today on Billy Joel. A to Z. We 
Nine of, well, some of the greatest songs of all time. Pretty much the first seven is like a greatest hits album. It's up there with so many. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. It's his fifth album. Sometimes an album like that is some people's first albums, and then they just go on forever. But this is a hell of an album. One of the greatest ones. It's one of the best-selling albums. It was, it's it's fourth on the best-selling albums of 1977. You have Meatloaf, Bat Out of Hell, 
We know how that stands the test of time. The Saturday Night Fever soundtrack. Fleetwood Mac Rumors, which a lot of you remember we were talking to Danny Vermont. How weird it is that, you know, Fleetwood Mac Rumors outsold and was a little bigger before Billy Joel made it. And then Stevie Nicks is opening for him at the SoFi Center uh, last month. Fascinating. As of 2004, The Stranger was the number 12 best-selling album of the 1970s. It's just very strange to think of where we are and that this guy is still so uber famous that he can sell out Madison Square Garden once a month without doing anything else except playing these songs from the 70s and a couple from the 80s. I think he's given up on most of the ones from the 90s except the bathroom break. But I got to say, it's pretty impressive. And you know what I was thinking today on my way here? I was finally able to play the Stranger album as a whole because we finally finished Vienna. And now, obviously, I'd heard Vienna before, so it wasn't an issue. It wasn't like sure, 2000. Dave, we believe that. <laughs> it wasn't like 2000 years uh, where I was like, I had to wait. <laughs> but I wish he, he doesn't need to do it. But I guess when it's done, he said he keeps playing the garden until people don't show up. But the funny thing is this guy can make so much money and just make so much money for charity if he wants to. He can do whatever he wants because after he finishes, he goes, I don't want, I'm not going to do the garden anymore. He can come back and just say, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to play the entire Stranger album tonight. You know, and then, and then everybody will come back again. And tonight I'm going to play 52nd Street. And maybe I'll play the Stranger and 52nd Street in one night and then play Glass House and the Nylon Curtain the next. I mean, this guy can mix it up if he feels like it. But apparently no one cares except me, and he doesn't feel like it. So he wrote these songs 40, almost almost 50 years ago now, and it's still working. Well, maybe what he has to do is maybe everyone has to boycott the garden. Like, let him think like, oh, no, they don't like me anymore. I have to retool, and then he will do something like that. No, he won't. You know him. You know him. He gets very upset about that kind of stuff. One person says something bad, this garden thing could be all over, and he will never do what we're saying. He won't listen to reason. He'll be, like, so disappointed it'll be over. You know the way he is. Yeah. You know, I think he's got a lot of yes people around them and who wouldn't at that point in their career and in their, in their mid seventies also. Right. It's like, who wants to tell Billy Joel, Hey, I don't, I think, I don't think it's a good idea, Billy. I think you got to mix it up. Billy. I do. I, well, I think <laughs> you need to be on Billy's team. We need you. Well, let me, I'm going to read you. Yeah. You know, I love reading these reviews when the album first came out. This one is neat. I didn't bother with any reviews later reflecting. Cause we know they're going to be like, Oh, it's still a touch time. But these are always so interesting when the guy was nothing. I mean, we love turnstiles, but nobody liked it back then. You know, you had to be a fan. It's like I think about uh, the first time, and I don't know whether I mentioned this before, when I got turned on to Ben Folds 5, the first album, how wonderful that was, you know, and like nobody. And now he doesn't, unfortunately, stand the test of time. I know he's still around and he's a cool guy, but, you know, it's like his first album was sick. It was really good. And. We know him. Well, we wanted to see him in concert, but you had to be a Billy Joel fan in 1976 to understand how great. And then you're like, no, I'm telling you, his next album is going to be unbelievable. This is the Rolling Stone review, which Paul hates uh, by Ira. Ma- you hate Rolling Stone, I'm saying. That's true. Uh, by Ira Mayer on December 15th, 1977. This is the first Billy Joel album in some time that has significantly expanded his repertoire. 
While Street Life Serenade and Turnstiles had occasional moments, the bulk of Joel's most memorable material was on Cold Spring Harbor, despite its severe technical flaws. What an OG. And Piano Man, which gave him his only major single success. This time, while such songs as Moving Out and Just the Way You Are forced and overly simplistic, the imagery and melodies of The Stranger more often than not work. I mean, what a dick. Together with producer Phil Ramone, Joel has achieved a fluid sound occasionally sparked by a light soul touch. It is a markedly different effect than his pounded out to the back rows concert flash, although the title song, Only the Good Die Young, and Get It Right the First Time will adapt to that approach as readily as, say, such a signature piece as Captain Jack. This is interesting. She's always a woman, which sounds misleadingly tender, is the key to the difference between The Stranger and Joel's other LPs. We don't expect subtlety or understatement from him, and indeed, his lyrics can be as smart-assed as ever. But Ramon's emphasis on sound definitely lessens the impact of the sarcasm, which in the long run may help boost Joel's career immeasurably. In the meantime, old fans will have to listen more carefully than usual. I like that review, but it's interesting that they point out she's always a woman as the corner piece to his success or the cornerstone. I don't know what it would be. Well, it was a hit, like you said, and uh, I think it is a tender, understated kind of song. So that is a good point. I like that they said that Get It Right the First Time was singled out as like a song that could really be an uh, arena kind of song. Right. And he never but plays he's probably it. played it live like five times. I forget the stats, but it's not a lot. Well, when I was listening to it today, I was like, see, there's a great example of a song I'd like to. Can you imagine playing it at Madison Garden? Everybody's going la, 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 la. I mean, who wouldn't like that? Uh, well, <laughs> oh, you wouldn't like that? Oh, <laughs> no, no, we, I have, we have I our love first rankings. Uh, I love that. <laughs> oh, number nine. <laughs> Oh, interesting. Interesting. I like that. that Juicy. Yeah. So on the top 10 albums of top 10 Billy Joel albums, it's like funny. Like, you know, I always read the top, like one of the ones we did, didn't even make it. Was it river dreams? I can't remember one of the one, the bridge, I think didn't even make the top 10. Wasn't that it? Uh, No, no. There was like some list. I saw some list recently. That was like the top 12 Billy Joel albums. Oh, I have the top 10. So two of them don't make it. (laughs) <laughs> right. oh no it was a thing where it was like um from chat gpt like rank the top 12 billy joel albums and they put in like fantasies and delusions oh, instead of ridiculous the well this one's not even a contest of course it's number one and i don't know whether you guys know this but it, you know it's so funny when we know now that columbia just was totally planning to drop him and in a way well you know no i say you can blame them because you know when you have an artist and you have somebody like this and you kind of get it. You're an asshole if you just don't let them develop. It can't just all be about money at some points. You, you just have to. I, I don't know how you can hear. Yeah. Okay. The turnstile sales weren't very good, but I don't know what executive who's in charge of music at Columbia doesn't hear turnstiles and hear something in it that says, I, I don't know. I, I think we let this guy do what he's got to do. But of course, again, I don't know how many times we talk about this. The record industry destroyed so many careers. We're just talking about George Michael recently because he's nominated for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He got upset. You know, he might still be alive if the record company didn't 
crunch crush him and he could have just been prince the same thing and they all just take these great artists and ruin them and billy joel got lucky in the sense that this next album kind of did it for him and then they didn't bother him anymore so three weeks after the album was released columbia put out a two-page ad in record world magazine uh, entitled the stranger has become anything but and they say for the past three weeks, Billy Joel has been making himself known to concert audiences, reviewers, and radio programmers all across the country. More and more people every day have been picking up on Billy's triumphant live appearances and his phenomenal new album. They were all in after they realized this is the one. Sure. Yeah, but I bet at that point, three weeks after it was released, it probably wasn't even selling that well yet. Because like you said, it took a long time for it to finally really make it up the charts and for the singles to hit. So right, they were, but I, th- that was more them trying to be like, hey, this is really great, you guys. You should really, you know, listen to it. Oh, uh, there's yeah, you're probably right about that, but I keep thinking, you know, I'm giving them too much credit. I keep thinking they're record executives and they get it. <laughs> they like somehow they know, but you're right. If they didn't understand turnstiles, you're right. They were probably doing it to save their own asses. This is how much they didn't like the stranger or Billy Joel, is they didn't even pay for a color album cover. <laughs> so true I, it's so true because i when we go to print vinyl for me or the other artists color costs so much more <laughs> so, okay still 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 yeah it's, how can that be i know it's crazy printing man printing they're like you You're, can have phil ramon but we're not giving you color printing <laughs> it's one or the other <laughs> so true oh you know what before we go on this has nothing to do with the strange album. I just had to do this now because I was like, we should do this in one of the wrap ups, the letter wrap ups, but I wanted Paul to be here for this. And since we're all together, this is way off the track. I just had to have you guys hear this. I was in Hoboken on Friday night and heard the most unbelievable. This is going to blow your minds. And it's just, it's for our, the people that listen to our podcast and you two guys and, and really no one else like, when I was at the restaurant, I'm like, do you guys even understand what is happening here? And people are like, what? What's what's happening? I'm going to play you what the guy on the piano at this restaurant I was at, which I'll just tell you, it's called Dino and Harry's, and my friend owns it. And this homeless guy comes in and plays the piano on Fridays. And when I played for you, what he was playing, it's going to blow your mind. Are you ready? Sure. Yeah. Wow. I I don't know whether you saw the name before it came up, but can you? That's so weird. Why would you choose that song? Like, or you, who is this guy? I've never heard anybody play that song, let alone a piano man at a bar with everybody's talking. It's like, it's like piano man. And then the weird part was the guy that replaced him an hour later just played piano man. Like, it's just like loser. You know, like play yeah. the deep cut, jerk off. 
That's why he's homeless. He's picking bad choices. <laughs> I guess. He looks like Liberty DeVito, though. Is that Liberty in that? He's got the hat on Liberty, there. but uh, so after that, all right, don't look at the sign unless you already saw it. Did you already? All right, don't look. Okay, so after that, he played this. I mean, oh. did you storm out of there? <laughs> Wait, that was no. that was Good Night, My Angel. It was. I, oh, it wasn't yeah, Lullaby. Oh, it was Lullaby. Yeah. Oh, I even had it wrong. I hate that song so much. I thought it was Leningrad. <laughs> was That's why you didn't storm out. That's why you didn't notice. Yeah. OK, so well, there it is. Out. Then he played Lullaby and 2000 Years. He he played. He played. The, the River of Dreams album set. What the hell? I've never heard anything. Weird. Anyone ever do that? He's got some like Bruce Hornsby float, like voicings in his piano as well. And he, he doesn't sing. Yeah. So he just played the other guy sang. So he just plays those songs. I mean, I've never heard any. Have you ever heard anyone play 2000 years? Just me. I've never heard. Exactly. Right. <laughs> That's so strange. And I was like, I got to get footage i know we're doing the stranger wrap-up but i feel like this is the time i got to do it in front of you guys yeah like, thanks oh, for that yeah <laughs> shocking Easter. and i want to hear more about the ceo of that law firm that conversation sounded really interesting <laughs> <laughs> you were listening to the conversation it was so that. loud yeah oh I, I didn't even hear that <laughs> i didn't hear any of that i was totally listening to the music you just heard some inside play. info that we're not allowed to know <laughs> <laughs> that's even better <laughs> Well, anyway, getting back to the album at hand, uh, let me read you another review. This is this is great. This is Peter Riley from Stereo Review. It came out in January uh, January of seventy eight. So the album had been out for a couple of months. The title of Billy Joel's newest. <laughs> I'm really laugh because I'm seeing what it's what he says. The title of Billy Joel's newest release, "The Stranger," may echo the Albert Camus novel, but once into it you soon discover that is it is much more like a remembrance of things pasta (laughs) (laughs) an italian-american nostalgia trip true it has a directness that proust would probably have found appealing appalling but it gives the listener a unique opportunity to get into the head and feelings of a now grown-up ex-greaser through a group of songs that are at once a love letter and a farewell to youth by turns touching mordant, funny, gross, melodramatic, and naive. One indication that this is a real world that confronts us is the fact that none of these songs could possibly be sung convincingly by the 34-year-old classically trained actor who plays Fonzie. either of the young Beverly Hills matrons who play Laverne and Shirley <laughs> or any of the other commercially confected personalities from Fernwood. That's that uh, Fernwood tonight they're talking about. And beyond that, the media have been offering up to satisfy that strange new longing for blue collar times and places that never were. Boy, that is a review that was Whoa. completely made in the times. Yeah, that's for sure. But I like that he's talking about an ex-greaser because obviously that comes up later in his career. And to to mention the Fonz and Laverne and Shirley as we never think about that. I 
until an innocent man, you never think that he grew up during those times. You just, just what, I don't know. It just doesn't make sense in our head, but yeah, mm-hmm. that, I, that's why that review is uh, even better than it, than it is because we know what happens later that he brings that nostalgia back. Yeah. How old was Billy Joel in 77? 34, 28. 30, oh, 20, 28, 28. Ah, that's right. Okay. Yeah. This is probably the first of his nostalgia trips. He's 10 years out of high school. Right. I mean, Brenda and Eddie's and all that. And he's, I think every record has kind of a, a nostalgic youth song, if, if not more. I mean, obviously well, innocent man, as you're talking about as a whole. Well, the, trip, but. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. All of his albums are nostalgic, which is kind of weird for a 28 year old dude, let alone, even going up to when he stopped recording where he was still really young and saying like, eh, I've had a good life, mm-hmm. and, you know, at 42, <laughs> it's did over. People, did people age quicker back then because of the smoking and the drinking? <laughs> yes, they did. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, he, he was 28 going on, you know, 58 in 77. Yeah. It's cool that that review talks about him as if he's like authentic, you know, like Fonzie and Laverne and Shirley are these phonies. And here's like the authentic guy, Billy Joel, because later in his career, everyone says he's a phony and a poser. Yeah, that's true. It's so true. And like like I said up front, if he just kept doing these albums, the stranger like albums, people would respect him. It's the weird thing. It's like because, you know, Bruce is always Bruce. He doesn't stray from the path. Mm -hmm. So he's respected. And for some reason, why Billy Joel isn't respected when he can, but let's do a fifties album. What's the big deal? I don't know why that doesn't garner respect it to me. That should garner more respect. I have somebody a lot of, who does the same thing over and over. I have a lot of theories on that. Uh, people are afraid of versatility. Bruce is just not as versatile an artist as Joel is. And when you, when you leave your lane, baby, the critics jump on you. I mean, look at, look at McCartney and how is he, he was perceived critically after the Beatles breakup. The most versatile of the four, that's for sure. Yeah. And he was just pounded by the critics. So the rock and roll establishment does not like someone who could do it all. That's, it's that's, probably the easiest thing for them to criticize, right? Like the first thing you notice is, hey, this doesn't sound like that last time. Yeah, that's right. That's so true. Thanks for listening. The Billy Joel A to Z Stranger Wrap-Up will continue next week. Slow down, you're doing fine. You can't be everything you want to be before your time. Maybe to young Dave with his with his broom and vacuum and his underwear in the living room. And his, actually, I don't want to picture that. Let's not picture that. Okay. <laughs> they got a nice family-style menu. <laughs> they awful family cuisine. That's what it's all about Mama, if that's moving up, then I